0: I'm Keenan Heidi, donation consultant with Donor Alliance,
1: and I'm Claire Tallon, donation consultant with Donor Alliance.
0: And you're listening to Transforming Lives, the Donor Alliance podcast. Welcome to Transforming Lives, the Donor Alliance podcast. I'm your host Keenan Heidi along with Claire Tallon. Today we have a very special guest, Joylene Helkowski, aftercare coordinator for Donor Alliance. Joylene, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Well, I am one of the aftercare coordinators. Um, there's two of us in this department. I've been with Donor Alliance for nine years. Uh, the first four of those years, I was a tissue donor coordinator. Um, so I worked with our tissue donor families in helping to coordinate our tissue cases. And the last five years, I've been in aftercare, where we support donor families after the donation
1: process. Great. Thank you for, again, thank you for being here today. Um, if you don't mind, do you have a personal connection to donation that you'd want to share with us? Well, I kind of
2: just stumbled into this work uh, many years ago, even before Donor Alliance. Um, didn't even know that this work existed until I was in it and um, found that I just really loved working with families um, and, and in this incredible process of donation. Um, And then a few years ago, one of my very good friend's um, daughter ended up in the hospital. She was six months old and she needed a liver transplant. And by that time I was working here at Donor Alliance and um, could confidently tell her that I knew that the very best people were doing the very best work that they could to make sure that their daughter and every other person on the transplant list would have an opportunity um, for a transplant. And I'm very grateful that she did get her transplant, and Claire is now eight years old, and she is happy and healthy and doing amazing and taking very good care of her gift.
1: Wow, what a great story and a, and a great name. Um, <laughs> and, the, and I'm sure that your friend appreciated having your knowledge to guide her through that process. It's nice to have that insight and such a scary time in someone's life. To, so to have someone there to help walk them through that must have been really reassuring for them. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah.
0: Uh, So, Joylene, what does the aftercare program do?
2: So the aftercare program really works to support donor families after the donation process is complete, so after the recovery. Um, And our goal really is to connect donor families in meaningful ways to the gifts that their loved ones have given.
1: That's great. So how does a donor family learn about aftercare?
2: Hopefully they learn about aftercare very early on in the process. Um, For our donor families who are meeting with our staff in person at the hospital, they're given a packet of information about the aftercare program and the services and the support that we offer. For our our families that are working with our staff over the phone, that information is mailed to them. Um, But hopefully in that initial conversation, they're at least learning about that there is an aftercare program um, and that we are here to support them down the road.
0: So how often do you work with donor families and what does that interaction look like?
2: So we work with donor families every single day. Um, That's the the majority of the work that we do in aftercare. And that's going to look different for every family, though. Um, you know, every family's journey through their grief process is going to be different than anyone else's. And so um, how much interaction a family wants to have with our aftercare program and with Donor Alliance is really up to that, f- that individual family. So for some families, it's we're in touch with them very frequently and very often, and for other families, it's just a few touch points Um, down the road over the years.
1: And what kind of, what are those interactions like? I know you said they're different from every, for family to family, but are there resources that we provide, and what does that kind of look like? Yeah, so
2: there are um, a lot of resources that we provide to families. Um, Some of them are things like mementos, so our uh, donor memorial cards that families can order um, at no cost to them, where they can choose a photo of their loved one, choose a quote or a poem for the back of the cards. A lot of families like to have these for their funeral services or a memorial service. Um, We will also provide them with sun catchers. They're uh, recycled glass sun catchers, I'd say, forever generous through donation, um, just as a reminder of the gift that their loved one gave. Um, We are also helping families when they want to know an update about recipients or the outcome of their loved one's donation we help to get that information to them Um, while we don't provide grief counseling through donor alliance we do help to connect families with um, grief resources in their area Um, we have a lot of literature that we can provide to families but also um, connecting them with the resources and support groups that we know are in their area Um, we also partner with Two uh, amazing nonprofit organizations um, that are, have been founded by donor families. Um, one is the Evan Spear Foundation, which uh, provides financial assistance specifically for donor families to um, seek out grief counseling. The second organization is Taylor's Gift, and they provide uh, grief counseling services and support for donor families. Um, and that's unique because it is uh, those services are led by um, other donor families who have walked that same path that these families are on.
1: Yeah, that must be nice to have someone that's been through that journey to kind of help the families know what to expect and kind of that grief process isn't linear. So knowing that it's okay to take steps back or feel like you're not maybe making forward momentum.
2: That's exactly right. And, you know, our families go through the grief process just like anybody who has lost a loved one goes through and that that looks different for each person, but um, a donor family also goes through this process that can be really intense that that is the donation process and that kind of just adds a little bit of um, it can make it more difficult it can also make it more healing and um, to be able to connect with someone who's walked that same path before um, can be really helpful for a donor family
1: those are really great resources
0: how long can a family participate in the aftercare program
2: we hope that families will stay connected with us um, through our aftercare program for as long as they want to. Um, We hope that that's many, many, many years. Um, And for some families, it is. For some families, you know, we're in contact with them still even 10, 15, 20 years after their loved one was a donor. Um, For other families, that's going to look different, and they they might not feel the need to be connected with us for so long. Um, Really, we want to make it clear that our families have the option to be in contact with us as much as they want to for as long as they want to.
0: Great, thank you.
1: So you mentioned earlier that you share information with the donor families about the organ and tissue recipients. How do you receive that information and what information do you share with the donor family at the time of recovery and transplantation? So
2: that's gonna look a little bit different um, depending on if the person was an organ donor or a tissue donor. Um, for our organ donor families, um, we do provide them with an update about um, each of the organ recipients. Um, it's generally um, an age range in decades, gender, and um, their health status after transplant. If that recipient has chosen to share some personal information like about their family or their hobbies, we'll share that as well. Um, we send that information to organ donor families about six to eight weeks after the donation has taken place. Um, And then anytime they would like an update about the organ recipients in the future, they can ask us for that. And we can provide a general medical update about the recipients, whether that's a year from now, five years, 10 years down the road, um, we can provide that for the family if they ask for it. For our um, tissue recipients or, and our tissue donor families, um, because tissue grafts are not matched in the same way that organs are, we aren't provided with very specific information about the tissue recipients. However, we can always tell families how many tissue grafts have been transplanted. And oftentimes we're also able to tell them where in the country or sometimes out of the country those gifts have been transplanted. Um, and again, that, that information is available to any family who wants it.
1: It must be so healing for the donor families to hear that information. And as you were talking about earlier with the grief process, hopefully helps them in some of that grief.
2: It really does. And it's, um, you know, been one of my favorite things about working with these families in aftercare is that you really do get to see the difference that donation makes for a family in their grieving process. Um because they've just had something really tragic happen to them and their family. And the donation really is a positive thing that can come out of a tragedy. And for so many families, that gives them hope and it helps in their healing.
0: Okay, so how often do donor families and recipients meet? And can you provide an example of uh, what that may look like?
2: Yes, not as often as probably most people believe. Um, We do a really great job of sharing stories um, of recipients and donor families getting to meet because they're heartwarming and they're beautiful, touching stories. Um, And we share a lot of those stories. Um, But the reality is it's actually pretty rare um, for donor families and recipients to meet in person. Um, It's kind of all about timing. Um, Everyone has to be on the same page and ready to take that step of meeting in person and so sometimes that timing is right for the recipient but it's not for the donor family or the other way around um so it is actually a pretty rare occurrence Um, but when it happens it is really incredible i would say that most families and recipients choose to meet privately um, but every once in a while we are invited to be a part of that experience and um, i've had the Privilege to, to go to a couple of those meetings. Um, one that I'll share with you is about three years ago, um, a donor family had written a letter to each of their son's recipients. Um, he was 16 years old when he passed away. And shortly before the one-year anniversary of his death, they wrote a beautiful letter to each of his five recipients um, just telling the recipients about their son and their donor and inviting them to come to the celebration of life that they were holding on the one year anniversary of his death and also the one year anniversary of these people's transplants. Um, And one of the recipients responded to the family and um, was very excited to meet with the family. Um, They came to the celebration of life um, and were kind enough to invite me to come to that as well. Um, And and being able to be a very small part of of these two families connecting in this really special way and getting to watch um, this boy's mom listen to her son's heartbeat in the recipient for the first time was pretty incredible. It was very emotional and something that I'll remember always.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And you got me to thinking about social media and... Are there other platforms where maybe these families and recipients are initiating contact with one another through those mediums?
2: Yeah, you know, that that does happen. Um, We try to avoid those connections happening on social media. Um, Really, the only reason why is because sometimes the wrong connections can be made. Um, And I have seen that happen sometimes. You know, a friend of a friend posts about, uh, some, someone getting a transplant at the same time that another friend of a friend is posting about someone who, who has died and is becoming a donor. And, um, you know, sometimes those are the right connections, but sometimes they're not. And I, the, the thing that we try to avoid in, in cautioning families and recipients to reach out to each other um, on social media is to avoid those wrong connections being made and hurt feelings and disappointment when you find out that that isn't the right connection. Um, The best way for families and recipients to connect with one another is through Donor Alliance and through their transplant center so that we can make sure with 100% certainty that that letter is getting to the right person.
0: That's great. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's such a sensitive time in people's lives. You don't want to, it's got to be just a bunch of mixed emotions. So that's a really good caution for um, for people to remember social media makes things great but can also really muddy the waters I'm sure
2: it sure can and we really do want these connections to happen for everyone who wants them to. we just want to protect people and making sure that the right connections are being made
1: so I know every summer we have a couple of different donor family events where families, uh, donor families as well as recipients attend. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those events and what that looks like from your role with the organization?
2: Yeah, so every year in Colorado and every other year in Wyoming, we have our donor family tribute where we invite donor families um, to come out. Um, this year it was at the Gaylord. Um, after several years of having to be virtual this was our largest event that we've ever had for donor families which was really incredible um we invite families to come and we invite recipients to come and speak to families about their experience as a transplant recipient Um, and we honor donors Um, each and every donor um, by lighting a candle we have a photo tribute um, and it's just a really beautiful event what I hear from families is that it's really special and meaningful for them to be able to connect with other donor families they're sitting at the same table with another family or they're mingling and they get to meet other families and hear other families stories um, and that connection to people who've walked that same path as them has been really powerful
1: Yeah, it seems to be the common thread through this of just having that connection to people who've been through their journey to sort of see where people are in that process and to see that there's a light at the end of this tunnel and that the the, the donation piece can really be so positive in all of this.
0: So if uh, a donor is eventually ruled out for transplant, can a family still receive aftercare support?
2: Absolutely. Um, We really believe that it is the intent to donate, not the outcome that makes someone a donor and their family a donor family. So no matter what happens down the line, if um, they're not able to proceed for, for donation or transplant for any reason, um, that person is still honored as a donor and that family is still honored as a donor family and everything that's in our aftercare program is available to them.
0: Now well, That's great to hear.
1: Thank you so much for your time today. This has really been great and insightful. Is there anything that we didn't cover that we should know about the aftercare program at Donor Alliance?
2: Well, I would just say that for myself, and I think I can speak for my colleague Leslie, who is the other aftercare coordinator, um, that for us it really is an honor to do the work that we do and to support donor families in this way. Um, We really believe that through our work that this is how we honor each donor and that by caring for and supporting their families as they would want us to, that that's um, how we are able to honor donors every day in our work. And we're so grateful that we get to do this work every day.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time. And honestly, uh, sitting here listening to you, I'm very familiar with what you and Leslie both do. But just hearing you share a little more information about it, just reinforces how important this role is in our organization to supporting our donor families and i can really tell that you truly have a a connection with with your role and so i really appreciate the work that you do for our organization joylene thank you so much
1: thank you yeah thank you so much for being here today thank you thank you for listening to transforming lives the donor alliance podcast
0: if you have any questions or any ideas for a show send us an email Two podcast at donoralliance.org.